TED Audio Collective. I don't know about you, but it can be hard to figure out how I'm feeling from day to day, or heck, from moment to moment. And that's because it can be difficult to identify my emotions. In fact, that's what therapists spend a lot of time doing, trying to get people to understand their emotions. I know this from personal experience because let me tell you, I am an emotion suppressor, or at least I used to be. My therapist would ask me how I'm feeling, and I would say, tired. Her response? Tired is not an emotion. Being in touch with my emotions regularly is challenging, especially in the workplace. It takes a lot of effort to be introspective when your plate is full and you're running from meeting to meeting. But so much of the work we do is influenced by how we're feeling and how we manage our emotions. This is even more relevant when dealing with challenging situations and difficult conversations about performance, about people, and about so many other structural issues like race and gender. So how do we get better at having open conversations in our organizations and not be controlled by our emotions in the process? I'm Madhu Bakanola. This is TED Business. Our speaker today is educator Africa Afeni Mills. In this talk, Africa explains how to have productive conversations about race. She offers tips on how to confront our apprehensions and actively participate in these discussions at any stage in life. Then after the talk, I'll share a practice that can be helpful in having any type of conversation that focuses on being aware of your emotions. But first, a quick break. This show is brought to you by Schwab. With Schwab Investing Themes, it's easy to invest in ideas you believe in, like artificial intelligence, big data, robotic revolution, and more. Choose from over 40 themes. Buy as is or customize the stocks in a theme to fit your goals. Learn more at schwab.com slash Thematic investing. Hey, TED Business listeners. We're supported by our friends at Working Smarter, a new podcast from Dropbox exploring the exciting potential of AI in the workplace. Working Smarter talks with founders, researchers, and engineers about the things they're building and the problems they're solving with the help of the latest AI tools. Tools that can save them time, improve collaboration, and create more space for the work that matters most. On Working Smarter, hear practical discussions about what AI can do so that you can work smarter too. Listen to Working Smarter on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. Or visit workingsmarter.ai. This episode is brought to you by Progressive. Are you driving your car or doing laundry right now? Podcasts go best when they're bundled with another activity. Like Progressive Home and Auto Policies, they're best when they're bundled too. Having these two policies together makes insurance easier and could help you save. Customers who save by switching their home and car insurance to Progressive save nearly $800 on average. Quote a home and car bundle today at Progressive.com. 
Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. National average 12-month savings of $793 by new customers surveyed who saved with Progressive between June 2021 and May 2022. Potential savings will vary. Add a little curiosity into your routine with TED Talks Daily, the podcast that brings you a new TED Talk every weekday. In less than 15 minutes a day, you'll go beyond the headlines and learn about the big ideas shaping your future. Coming up, how AI will change the way we communicate, how to be a better leader, and more. Listen to TED Talks Daily wherever you get your podcasts. My name is Africa Afeni. Africa, spelled with a K, and Afeni, after Afeni Shakur, member of the Black Panther Party and mother of Tupac Shakur. As you might imagine, I grew up talking about race with my family. My father built bookshelves in the living room of our Brooklyn apartment, and my parents filled those shelves with the books of Black authors whose words we were unfortunately unlikely to encounter outside of our home. I have Alex Haley's autograph. Alex Haley writer of Roots and transcriber of the autobiography of Malcolm X. Alex Haley referred to me as his little sister. Talking and reading with my family about race was commonplace, and many of the children in my community and students in my schools looked just like me. Even though my parents taught me as much as they could about race, I had not experienced having these conversations with people who were racially different from me. When I went away to a predominantly white college, I was not prepared for the emotions that I experienced when having these conversations. For example, when another student asked, why do you need a Black History Month? And why isn't there a White History Month? I found myself feeling very frustrated. Learning to have conversations with people about race across racial difference has been a part of my own deepening learning journey. Though it can be hard, let me encourage you. Having conversations about race is just another hard thing we can learn to do. I know this because I'm an educator. I have been for over 20 years. I've supported teachers and students around the country to teach and learn in ways that honor the dignity and worth of all people. In this work, it is clear that having conversations about race, particularly with our students, is not a luxury, but a necessity. And there's no better place to begin having these conversations than with our students. It's not that adults can't learn to have healthy conversations about race, but the minds of children are more malleable. This is why it's easier to learn to do challenging things like play an instrument, ride a bike, play a sport, or to become fluent in a new language when we're young. If we teach children to be comfortable talking about race from the beginning, they will likely have fewer falls and missteps less baggage, less to unlearn, and biased ideas will be less likely to take hold. We can then imagine a future where we can have productive dialogue and discussions across our differences. Today, I'm going to share with you four steps you can take to do challenging things, particularly having conversations about race. Identify your challenge, find your support network, prepare, and begin. In my work with educators around the country, when we explore what's challenging about having conversations with students about race, they often say things like, I don't have the resources to have these conversations. In fact, in Ed Week Research Center's 2020 special report, Big Ideas for Confronting Racism in Education, though 81% of the more than 800 educators surveyed identified as anti-racist educators, only 14% of them said that they had both the training and the resources to have these conversations with students. 
Though this statistic holds true, there are several organizations that provide free instructional resources that support lessons and dialogue with students about race. So access to instructional resources isn't the true challenge. If we're honest with ourselves, it's easier to identify external factors as challenges than it is for us to accept responsibility to influence what is within our locus of control. When I go deeper with educators, they share that the underlying challenge is actually fear. They're afraid of saying the wrong thing or doing harm when talking with students about race. This is understandable, especially considering the history and current manifestations of substantial racial harm in this country. But when we identify the true challenge, not the school or the lack of resources, but fear is an essential first step. Once we can name what's at the heart of our challenge, we can begin to overcome it with the next step, finding our support network. Too often, attempts to begin having conversations with students about race fail because the fear of making mistakes takes over. When we try to do this work on our own and we face a challenge, say, for example, a student says something or asks a question that we're not prepared to address or answer, in our minds we can say things like, ooh, this is uncomfortable. I don't like being uncomfortable. I don't think I want to do this anymore. It's important for us to be surrounded by a community of people who are committed to doing this work. My colleague, Jenna Chandler Ward, a white woman and co-founder of Teaching While White, facilitates racial accountability spaces. She regularly hears from white teachers and students that they are afraid to say the wrong thing. She shares with them that she herself has remained silent to avoid conflict and for fear of making things worse. Jenna says, if we are not intentionally seeking people to hold up a mirror and hold us accountable, we'll end up surrounding ourselves with people who affirm our beliefs instead of challenging us to see something more. The more perspectives we have, the broader our understanding will be, especially from people who are at different points of racial identity development. If we are part of a group of people who are doing this work together, we have a place to take that discomfort and work through it. It'll help us to remember that we're not alone and help us to feel less isolated. Once we find our support network, we can prepare to have conversations with students about race. When the student I mentioned earlier asked me why there was a Black History Month and not a White History Month, I experienced a whole range of emotions, confusion, hurt, anger. Similarly, just as I experienced a range of emotions, so will your students and so will you. Expect it so you can be prepared. For this work to be sustainable, it is important that we prepare to navigate these conversations in our learning communities. We will want to intentionally envision how these conversations will look and feel. What emotions might the discussions bring up for our students? What agreements might we need to have in place before we have these discussions? How will you respond to questions, comments, and resistance? How will you repair any harm that may be done? You'll want to feel comfortable responding in the moment instead of reacting if the discussion doesn't go the way you hoped. Once you prepare, you'll be ready to begin. Just as in starting anything new, it can be messy, and you'll make mistakes because you're human. Making mistakes can feel scary, especially because our work is so public. When we push through that fear, however, we can teach students to have conversations about race and help them to unpack their misperceptions. In this work with teachers, it feels like some people are waiting for the perfect moment when a racially conscious version of themselves will appear before they begin engaging in this work. 
that version of yourself has to be purposely developed and formed, and that moment is now. When we engage in conversations with our students about race, we can help to expand their thinking and equip them with the language and tools that they need to see themselves clearly and to recognize and value the histories, perspectives, and experiences of people who are unlike them. They'll be prepared to help us build and sustain a truly just society where we all contribute to the well-being of everyone in our human family. Remember, Having conversations about race is just another hard thing we can learn to do, one courageous step at a time. Thank you. Support for TED Business comes from Odoo. If you feel like you're wasting time and money with your current business software or just want to know what you could be missing, then you need to join the millions of other users who switched to Odoo. Odoo is the affordable all-in-one management software with a library of fully integrated business applications that help you get more done in less time for a fraction of the price. To learn more, visit odoo.com slash tedbusiness. That's O-D-O-O dot com slash tedbusiness. Odoo, modern management made simple. Hi, I'm Ben. I suffer from a condition called writer's block. It strikes when I'm at work. That's why I choose Canva Magic Write. It works fast, generating texts in seconds, thanks to AI. Common side effects include increased productivity, compliments from coworkers, feelings of satisfaction. Now I can say bye-bye to writer's block. Ask your boss if Canva Magic Write is right for you at canva.com, designed for work. Canva. I agree with Africa. So much of what we feel is rooted in fear. Several years ago, I went to a week-long personal growth retreat. Get this. The tagline was, when you're serious about change, which gives you a sense of what the retreat was all about. Changing negative behaviors, moods, and ways of thinking that just get in the way of our happiness. Part of the program included each person checking in with themselves throughout the day. We had to ask ourselves questions like, what emotions am I feeling right now? Why am I feeling these emotions? What's my body feeling? How's my mind? How's my spirit in this moment? If you're like me, I had a hard time answering these questions. I especially had difficulty identifying my emotions, but eventually I was able to name them. Go me! And I did this by carrying around a notebook that was provided to all of us with a long list of emotions. I would periodically visit this long list when prompted to identify how I was feeling. This process made it easier to tap into my feelings, which is something that Africa is encouraging us to do when we have conversations about race. And this is something I would encourage us to do generally in the workplace. There's research showing that when you can put your feelings into words, it helps you manage those emotions better. When you're having a challenging discussion and find yourself becoming agitated, being able to identify that agitation as anger, anxiety, or frustration may prevent you from doing something you'll later regret. 
So do this. Try Googling the phrase, Wheel of Emotions. The wheel you'll see is a useful resource that lists a whole range of emotions. Consider printing this list out or taking a screenshot and allow yourself to get into the practice of understanding how you're feeling at a given moment. Doing this has the potential to improve your connection to yourself, your colleagues, and maybe even the larger community around you. That's it for today. This episode was produced by Brittany Brown, edited by Alejandra Salazar, and fact-checked by Julia Dickerson. Special thanks to Michelle Quint, Corey Hagem, and Colin Helms. I'm Madhu Bakanola. Talk to you again next week.